Hi. Well, we finally went through it. Uh, it was an early day, but we went through and we started the, uh, the prepper panel, basically. It went really well. So this is how it's going to work, just so everybody knows. Um, I got a group of preppers on. It was uh, Native Voice, uh, Milkmaid, um, Lucky, and Bug Out. And, of course, me. So what we're going to be basically doing is this one's going to go um, and be, obviously, premiered. In the comment section, I want you guys to comment and any questions you have or anything that you want to be read or anything that you want, you know, for any of the panelists or just in prepping in general. Um, go ahead and put that in the comment section. The next one, we're going to try to go live and we're going to go over either comments or questions or things that were in uh, the, the comments of the last video. Um, if it's and then we're going to dive down each individual cat, you know, categories and thoughts and take uh videos based on specific topics so this one was a very general uh topics uh we covered kind of the basis a little bit of everything so that we could go back pick one and talk solely on um food or water or, or you know all kinds of things like that so like i said we broke it all down to a big picture so we can tweak it down to a small individual pictures in future episodes now future episodes are going to be things like uh, me and lucky discussed i'll bring she if we want to talk any type of medical and things like that i will bring my doctor on and we can actually have uh, at that point uh, lucky will be the co-host and we can have her with me to speak with my doctor and will my doctor will talk about things like this um you know um that you can you know have and things like that and if i have to put that on my podcast i'll throw that on my podcast if i have to put that on vimeo i'll put it on vimeo um channels that we can talk about this and you know for long periods of time so the goal for this is not just to have hey we're just preppers and the goals for this is i will reach out to individuals who might specialize into this um like i said one of the medical things would be a doctor if we're talking about food or water or things like that i'll find people um that might specialize in in different uh, things like that and we'll bring them on so this isn't going to hopefully be a growing show where I can actually, you know, bring on other people that I know. Like I said, a uh, perfect example would be my doctor. Uh, she's on board with basically saying, yeah, I'd love to talk to her. She likes talking to, you know, people and things like that about everything from vitamins to, and, and stuff like that. So this is kind of what I'm looking to do with this channel. And I have no problem reaching out to people and bringing on other people that I think would benefit the channel and, and be able to talk to us about this and, and put them up on the panel with individuals and stuff like that. So I had a good time. We, we went over a lot. Um, there's going to be a couple cuts. Uh, we had a little learning curve with, uh, with uh, bug out, but that's okay. Um, when regards to YouTube now, the whole, um, if you want to listen to the whole uncut, version um this will be up on my podcast so you can go to my website at sagenewslive.com um and you can either click on the podcast from there you can go to spotify you can go to apple um and i will also be putting it up on my vimeo page which you can go to sagenewslive.com and go to that and you will see the whole episode uncut um where we didn't have to take out certain things that we thought you know would be a problem so we there are options to hear the whole version. Um, and of course, this is still pretty close to the whole version um, on YouTube as it is. But 
like the, the going forward, you know, if I bring my doctor on, that will be on the podcast or that will be on Vimeo. Uh, that way it can be up completely. So like I said, I'm, 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 I'm learning things. Uh, I brought some stuff to the table and it's just one of those things that the, the goal of this is to help people who might be in a little bit of a panic right now um, that just need to let's slow down and take a look. So that being said, uh, let's jump into the premiere. And like I said, at the end, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe, make sure you share this out and make sure you comment so that we can go back and take a look and, and talk about any of the topics you would like to talk about or people you might like to took on. I am looking into reaching out to seek, Silco, um, one of the guys who um, is a, a big prepper, they say, then and uh, get his story out there in regards to what happened to him. I believe in. Um, anyways, you guys will know once I dive in, get uh, in touch with him. So either way, jump in here. Make sure you like. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you comment and just kind of enjoy the show. And, and there'll be more to come. Thanks everybody for uh, being on the panel, and um, I'm excited to do the next one. Check it out. All right. We are here at Sage News Live, and I brought in a crew today, the prepping crew. So we're going to go ahead and start the party here uh, with my co-host on the prepping shoe, which is Milkmaid. And I'm going to have Milkmaid come on in for her uh, introduction phase of the prepping crew she brought in. Milkmaid, how's it going? Good, Sage. Um, so I brought my heavy hitters with me, which um, is a native voice. Um, Hopefully most of y'all know who he is, a uh, sound guy and uh, really knowledgeable and my friend. So, um, and then Lucky Dame as well, Lucky Dame Preparedness. Um, she has a fantastic um, channel and uh, uh, goes over a variety of topics. And I really appreciate the uh, calm and collected nature that she always brings. <laughs> Yeah, and and this is like I said, I this this is basically going to be a prepping show. We're going to start from finish. I had some subscribers come out and say, "Hey, you know, we're a little bit nervous. We're a little bit panic mode with everything that's going on." And and I reached out to Milkmaid and said, "Hey, would you be interested in doing this with me?" Uh, she drew the short straw and said yes. And basically, she brought in uh, Native, who's been on the show, and then uh, Lucky. Um, I've I've seen your show. I've been you know, and and you bring a lot of good information. So I do want to thank everybody for coming on. Um, and, and, and then, we'll, sorry, Go ahead. I'll also be, be bringing in a bug out Bushido, but scheduling things, um, it, he, he's coming a little bit later. Yeah. But he also has a channel and, and covers a variety of topics as well. Right. So as soon as he pops in, everyone, we're going to, I'll throw him right in and he can jump right in. Um, like he was here the whole time, uh, which okay. is pretty good with that. So some of the reason we, I, like I said, I wanted to kind of do this was there's a lot of people now in, um, kind of having some chaos in their lives in regards to fuel, in regards to prices for heating, in regards to food going up. And, and then, of course, you throw the news and everything else on top of it. People feel they're kind of behind the eight ball and they don't know where to go. And they start to seek for information out there and it can be informational overload. So mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to put this together. And, and when me and Milkmaid said, let's do it um, to kind of just kind of go over that and why don't we kind of start there, Milk? Why don't you kind of just roll with, with what you got? Because I remember she showed me a bunch of notes. She was ready to rock and roll with this one. So uh, jump right in and, and let's well, get um, Yeah. Uh, so I remember when I first kind of had a feeling of um, 
things were insecure, maybe the way that I was doing things, just buying a couple of groceries and, you know, not keeping a stock of things. Um, and I started looking into preparedness and it could be, it, it is very overwhelming and it's easy to panic if you start really um, looking at it, the world and um, maybe some of the direction. <laughs> Man, you made me big. Um, but I find that the best way to kind of approach it is you basically, you, you look at all these different things that um, are levels of preparedness or things that you'd be willing to um, or you want to be prepared in. And then you slowly, calmly work through each and every one of those. Um, instead of getting overwhelmed, you kind of pick one thing, you work on that, and then you stop and look at the next thing, work on that. Kind of working through, but um, I had a bunch of questions I was going to ask everybody too regarding that. Yeah, go right in. Start start All the right. so. Um, and I shared my notes with kind of everybody, so they kind of knew what I was going to bring <laughs> oh, with me. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I mean, I think uh, it's helpful that way you can kind of think about it. Um, so, like, Lucky, what kind of got you? Um, into preparedness, what kind of triggered you to think that way? Uh, okay, so the real story behind it, how I kind of got started in it was um, I'm currently married. I was married to someone before my current husband. And around 1998-99, there was this thing coming called Y2K. So my mm-hmm. my now ex-husband, uh, he was my current husband at the time, he kind of was getting into it. He thought it was going to be a thing. And, and some of my subs who've been with me for a while kind of laugh and tease me a little bit um, about, oh, uh-huh, you were into Y2K. I actually was not, <laughs> you know, and I laugh about it because I never kind of really totally ever bought into it. It didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, just computers. And all. I was like, it doesn't make sense. There's a possibility maybe, but I kind of started getting into it because at the time my husband was into it. Uh, to a certain extent. And so then I started looking up things online and... I found some forums and it's, you know, this was, like I said, 98, kind of late 98, early 99. And it's very much, not so much now, but at the time is very much mostly male dominated area. You know, it was mostly guys that were talking about it. It was very few women that I found uh, or that I was kind of really exposed to. Later on, I found more women, but at the time, initially it was a lot of men, um, a lot of vets, a lot of uh, former military who were into it, but everyone was very friendly. They, you know, answered questions. I learned a lot. I started reading and getting into it. And I was actually more into it than my, than my husband was at the time, which proved, proved beneficial because uh, it was either the winter of, I can't remember if it was winter of 90, it may have been 98, 99. It was somewhere in there. We had an ice storm. We we're living in Atlanta at the time, Midtown Atlanta, for anyone who's from Atlanta, knows the area. There was an ice storm, a winter storm that came through, knocked the power out for uh, a very long day, day and a half or so, which doesn't sound very long, but when you don't have any supplies and you don't know what to do, it feels like forever. So yeah. we had a few little things and I realized then that all this stuff that, you know, he thought, you know, like this little pop-up can't stove with triox bars, you know, he's like, this will, this will help us in the SHTF, you know, when everything collapses after Y2K, I popped that sucker open on our stove to like warm up a can of Denty Moore stew, which I was so glad that I had bought at the store for us to have. And it worked, it warmed it up. But I was like, this sucks. This will not work in, 
you know, an SHTF situation or a really bad long-term situation. That was not going to work. But um, but I was glad that we had it for weather-related, you know, for that incident. So, um, you know, we eventually kind of parted ways, and I pretty much stayed in preparedness, kind of falling in and out of it as time allowed on uh, social media, you know. But I've pretty mm-hmm. much been into it since since 98, 98, 99. Um, but the, yeah, initially, it, <laughs> I guess, yeah. I mean, I definitely don't know everything. I don't have everything. There's a lot I don't know. A lot of things, so much has changed in that time too, though. How we do things, technology, you know, I mean, just a lot has changed. There's better ways of doing things now than there was 20 plus years ago. You know, there's more equipment available. There's more available, you know, we can look to people who do hiking and uh, camping and things like that for things that they're using for like water filtration and dehydrating food and just all kinds of great stuff now that makes things a lot easier than it was. So that's kind of how I got into it. And I just kind of stuck with me and here I am. Yeah. So you've been doing this for a long time. I, I didn't <laughs> realize quite how long. Yeah. Well, and you, you learn a lot. Yeah. Sorry. I said, no wonder she knows so much. Yeah, I don't know right? about that. I, there's, you know, <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of basics. And once you kind of figure out the basics, it's really, you know, which is, mm-hmm. you know, canned food, long-term food, which is like, to me, I call long-term 10 years or more, which mm-hmm. is, we usually think of as freeze-dried. You know, the, there's a lot of different little things. It, it seems kind of basics. Once you kind of get into it and you learn the basics, you're like, oh, this really isn't so overwhelming. It's not that bad. It really isn't. Anyone, right. anyone and everyone can learn it. It's really not hard. It's right. not as overwhelming awesome. as people think, I think. Yeah, exactly. How about you, Native? <laughs> um, for me, it started off kind of like kind of our family culture, the way I was raised, the way I grew up. My dad was a Marine Vietnam vet. And uh, being prepared was kind of his mantra. Mm-hmm. So I, I grew up in that. And then uh, at a high school, I went straight into the Army. 2001, I, I was uh, stationed in Kosovo. And I got to see firsthand like a, what happens when your society falls, when there's no electricity, you know, no way to get mm-hmm. clean water. There's no grocery stores, you know. Um, your defense for your family is on you. And, and I saw how that affected people. And when I came back, you know, having a background, you know, growing up in, with that and then seeing it firsthand, I was really always on edge, you know, and I wanted to be prepared. So I really started getting into it. I don't know, um, a little over 15 years ago, just, I didn't even know the word prepping, you know, right. like, like prepper. I'd never heard that that term used until, you know, Sage mentioned Doomsday Preppers earlier. And I was like, and, and I got into the show and I watched it. That's an extreme <laughs> and it's to stigmatize what prepping is. That show has, it's really given a negative connotation to it. Yeah. But to me, it's a, uh, it's a lifestyle. It, it's just, it's a, uh, it's a mindset, you know, mm-hmm. prepare for everything, even though that's kind of a impossible thing to do, but you're always growing. Uh, Samich just touched on that. You're always learning new things. I'm far from knowing everything. I learn stuff from from other preppers, from other channels, from books every day, all the time. And and and, and getting that firsthand stuff. Um, if you prep long enough, eventually you're going to come to the realization that 
no matter how much stuff that you save up, it's going to run out eventually. So moving into self-sustainability, you know, homesteading, stuff like that is for me, was like a natural kind of avenue to go down. And, and so, I mean, that's where I've been, I've been trying to, to build on that for a better part of a decade now. And let me ask real quick, do you feel that because of the of the world we live in here, first world United States, and a lot of people don't see that, that it's kind of taken for granted, truly taken for granted, not being not because you've seen it firsthand, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, do you feel that that's something that could definitely be should almost be taught and explained more? Absolutely. There, there's a there's a normalcy bias. I mean, you know, like you said, we live in the United States of America, we live in the first world. We're developed. Um, super modern society, and I think um, there's certain there's certain things that that's not taught anymore to our children, and in, uh, in the schools they don't focus on on stuff like that. Um, where your food comes from, you know how the how the supply chain works, mm-hmm. all, all these things that uh, that matter, and we've seen how fragile the entire veneer of society actually is that you can't really depend on governments and things like that you know we shouldn't anyway we we shouldn't depend on them for for clean drinking water we shouldn't have to depend on a government you know to for good calorie filled sustained food we shouldn't have to depend on them for security and safety and all these different things because as we've seen and we're starting to see more and more of that they're just just not it's not dependable so uh absolutely man there's a normalcy bias hmm. Still with us, Milk? Uh-oh. We might have lost her. <laughs> okay. So l- let me ask this. So in, in regards to until Milk made, it, it comes back here, so you can let me know when you're here. Um, when, when it comes to that, type, that starting that and, and getting into that mindset, what's the first mindset that people should have? You, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people are like, bye, 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 bye. Or, you know, do this like, what's that starting mindset that, okay, I want to get this party started. I, I need to do something. Um, I'll, I'll start with native and we'll go back to lucky. What would be the first, one of the first things you would recommend people do for that, for the mindset? Cause that sounds like it's one of the important things. Absolutely. And, and Sam has touched on this and excuse me, I call lucky. <laughs> I was, that's just, uh, you can go to her channel and, and watch her stuff and you'll figure out why we call her that. I used to be Patriot sandwich maker and I changed yeah. my name a while back, but people who knew me before I was lucky. I was, they said they still call me sandwich and that's fine. I answered both. <laughs> I'll say yes, ma'am. And, and I will. No, you're fine. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so anyway, yeah, get, she, she mentioned this earlier, starting with the basics, you know, the, what are the basic human needs that you and your family are going to need? Number one is water. Right. So having a way to ensure that you and your, your people will always have good, clean drinking water. There are very cheap, cheap water filters that you can get. Here's one right here. It's uh, the Sawyer Minis and it'll filter 100,000 gallons of water. So you could filter it from anywhere. Any source of dirty, filthy, disgusting water that would make you sick. You can filter this. It filters out chemicals. It filters out bacteria and pathogens, all those different things and makes it you know, easy to drink. There are other things too, live straws that you could do. You could uh, do research on how to filter, make your own water filters. It's not hard. And uh, after that, you could start with uh, just, just 
prepping a month supply of food. Let that be your goal. Just start with a month supply. That means you have enough food for you to eat for a month, like your regular grocery buy, and you have another month behind that. So no matter what happens, no matter what goes on, you have you know you have clean drinking water and a month of food. So you could start there. Um, other than that, if you Sorry. have certain medical needs, yeah, we missed you. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it occasionally just crashes. Sorry about that, y'all. So I basically asked what the mindset was. What's, what's the first step in the mindset of, of that, you know, a, somebody should have towards that. And he's going into kind of like the water. Water's one that you should have a mindset of. Absolutely. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> And I remember, I mean, it's been a long, it might have been half a year ago. Uh, Lucky did a show, I think it was on hygiene and sanitation and preps you can do and stuff like that. And, and uh, clean water is, is a part of that. Sanitation mm -hmm. and hygiene will kill more people in a grid down scenario, you know, the marauders or, or you know, murderers or something like that. Yeah, I tell people that a lot. And I usually get people who are laughing in the chat. I'm like, no, I'm serious. That's, I mean, look at. Yeah. All it takes is look at how many people get so terribly sick when in, uh, and I don't mean to just like pick on one country, but the first one that comes to mind is like Haiti, for example. Any mm -hmm. of the islands, anytime there's a hurricane that comes through and just rakes across these islands, you know, and they're, everything is disrupted, water is the big one. Look how many people get sick because there's no clean drinking water. I mean, like really, people die from this. It's, n it's no joke. You need clean drinking water. You need safe drinking water, you know? So... Yeah, but it, yeah, sanitation and uh, hygiene. Hygiene, that's how you get cooties, folks. That's how you get the bad cooties, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's, an, that's an older term for uh, being sick, I, just so you guys know that. So, <laughs> so I mean, in, in order to kind of uh, address that, like you would want to have water stored on hand that's mm -hmm. already clean. Um and, you know, there's various recommendations and how long and how much you plan to store is up to you. But the other thing is having a way to purify um, the water that you can collect, you know, depending on your situation. I mean, everybody's going to have a different situation, but having water purification is like top of your list. Um, water stored and then water purification. And that's easy. There's a variety of ways to do it. There you go. So let me, since we, we lost you for a second, I'll, I'm going to stick with this one, then I'll let you jump in a question. So, and, and lucky, it's not just about the drinking aspect of it too. At some point, um, well, one, it's, it's also, you know, uh, bathing and things like that, that you don't want stuff in that water also, correct? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of people are going to see things when, if you're looking at water, Usually food and water are the top two things when you're first getting into preparedness. In my experience, people are looking at, usually they look at food before water. In my experience, people tend to put water on the back burner and forget about it or just kind of say, oh, you know, it'll, it, they just assume it's always going to be there. And you really need to put a lot more importance on water because you can go without food longer than water, but you can't, you know, three days max without water. And like I just told some folks on Sunday on my stream, that's going to be a terrible three days if you really had to do that that's going to be the worst three days of your life if you have to go without water right. um but there's a difference between water filtration and water purification yes. you definitely want to make sure you do water purification that's going to get rid of all the nasties in the water anything that can make you sick you know and it's not difficult you know 
native show, the Sawyer Mini, that's a water filter. If you want to purify it, you can get water purification tablets, or you can just simply boil the water after you filtered it. That'll do it as well. But um, yes. 10 minutes rolling boil. Thank you. Yes. So 10 minutes rolling to, boil. And if you're thinking about that, you're going to have to think about the fact of how are you going to get it to a rolling boil? Yeah. Yeah. So everything kind of hinges on each other. And I think that's where people start getting, feeling overwhelmed. Like, oh, I don't yeah. have any of this. To start with the food and water, start with the water first. It's not difficult. You can store water all kinds of ways. You can store your tap water. If you sure. if you buy juice at the store, save those juice containers, wash them out, you know, those nice thick ones, refill it with your tap water. If you drink tap water, there you go. Now you've got a gallon jug or however much of water. Ta-da! It's super easy, you know. Exactly. Um, and you can use that for your bathing, for your cooking, Um I did have someone ask one time, I'll, I'll put, I'll say this because somebody usually will ask this at some point. If you're using things like kitty litter containers, do not drink from that, even if you've washed it out because, which sounds kind of funny, but I've actually <laughs> had people legitimately say, but I washed it out. Yeah, but there's still some residual that's soaked into that plastic. You don't want to drink that. That's don't risk it. You know, use that for, yeah. you know, if you have plants, you're going to water, or if you need to flush your toilet, right. you know. Because that's another thing is if you lose water or water pressure, you're going to lose it in your toilets as well. So you'll need to pour some water in there to flush. Mm-hmm. But um, that's, yeah. that's something I never thought of. Food grade water containers is basically what you're looking for. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. That's food grade water containers. Definitely. And, and a lot of the plastics out there are food grade these days. Um, but it's always good. You need to check. Get in the habit of just kind of checking. Well, and what they, because you can have um, food grade containers um, like HDPE and stuff like that, but whatever was stored in it prior to that, if you're going to be reusing containers is something to take into account because it may be food grade, Mm -hmm. but it may not have had food in it. Like I wouldn't use a variety of things, but mostly if, if, (laughs) if it came with, you know, food in it, then you're pretty safe. I probably... I would suggest like if you're planning on using milk jugs or something like that, I I generally recommend against milk jugs just Mm -hmm. because um, bacteria. you you pretty much have to sanitize it first. And that's kind of hard. So I don't. (laughs) Well, and milk jugs tend to the those milk jugs tend to break down pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I've had them break down on me. So I speak from experience on that. I've had a lot of people say, I don't have a problem with it. That's great. But be aware that those will, they, they deteriorate pretty quickly because it's a very thin plastic. I've had water mm-hmm. leak out of those. Um, oh, really? You know, yeah, I've, I've had oh. water leak out of them. So I, I personally caution against it, but there's a lot of people that still use them and they say they have not trouble with it. So your mileage may vary. To be aware it can it definitely can happen but there's other ways like i said to use those i usually say the juice containers if you really want to go out and buy something you can get water you know food grade water containers specifically you know and go to a sporting goods store and get things for like boating you can usually find things that'll stack flat you can buy water bricks aqua bricks those kind of things like on amazon or through different types of stores online yeah awesome well So moving on to maybe food a little bit, and um, would that work, Sage? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sorry. I'm not used to, like, hosting or or co-hosting that kind of thing. So this (laughs) is all new. Absolutely. You're you're going to have to forgive me. Um, No, you'll get better. 
but when it comes to um, food, um, when a lot of people start, um, and there's a variety of tactics that people take in order to store food, um, and it really honestly depends on the reason that they're doing that. Like if they're um, doing that to hedge against prices, they may do it one way. If they're concerned about power outages, that kind of thing, they may just get some ready-made kind of um, MRE types of things. Um, other people, you know, looking long-term, they want to get the long-term food storage. And there's a variety of um, cost factors there too. And, um, and edibility factors, quite <laughs> frankly, because you want to stock what you eat. So how do you guys kind of go about that? Uh, lucky ladies first. Oh, I was going to say, go ahead, native. <laughs> Actually, um, if he's short on time, maybe native first. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, the, the way I prep food and the way I started is probably the way a lot of people start. They just start buying up canned goods. You know, that's how I started prepping food. Um, but eventually, you know, you realize there's a, a use by date on those cans and, um, Usually I'll cycle cans out every two years, but eventually I moved on from that. Uh, prepping canned goods is, isn't even the, the main way that I prep food anymore. So uh, what what I like to do is, is I, have, I have the, we were talking about food grade containers. Mm -hmm. I get mm -hmm. these five gallon buckets from, uh, I'll go to like a, a restaurant or something. For some reason, Taco Bell always has tons of these. And, and they don't want really? them. They don't, you know, they just stack. But my local windows, I don't know. But Bur I, I've got them from Burger King, Hardee's. All the their ingredients and stuff that they have for their shake machines comes in these five-gallon buckets. And uh, some of them, they'll just give them to you. Some of the managers sell them, but I don't care. If you can get them, get them. Because they come with these, uh, these seals. There's like a little seal inside the lid that makes it airtight. And that's really what you want. And it's food grade. Clean out real good. So uh, what I do is I fill them with uh, like dry good stuff like rice, beans. Well, we started doing oats. Uh, we have pasta. Um, we have a couple. We're putting like the, uh, the dry milk powder so you can mix with water, make milk. And I just start to try to, to stock it up. Uh, a long time ago, the wife and I, we, did, we, we started planning out meals and figuring out how much rice do we use in a week? You know, how many beans do we, do we eat usually, you know, how, how much of this do we eat? And we started measuring it out and seeing actually how much we consumed. And that went into our preps. Like if I wanted to prep a month, a supply of this, how much do I need? If I want to prep a year supply of this, how much do we need to do? And so uh, prepping dry goods, especially something like rice or pasta, which is going to go with, a million and one different meals right i mean it's they're calorie dense you can add all kinds of things we have all these little flavor packets that we buy from walmart in bulk that you can add to rice to pasta to all kinds of things um outside of that you know we have our our live preps which uh, we have several greenhouses here we have our chicken coops and um as a couple of years ago, you know, we're doing our hogs now. And uh, that's a learning process. <laughs> that later. Those are fun. <laughs> yeah, but uh, 
that's what led me into canning though growing my own food i realized it's good to grow your own food and you can eat it and you can put it in the freezer but as a prepper you know you want something you can put up for five ten years and so that's why i got into learning how to can um you know with milk made and the animals with ghost um just so just so i can i can know how much food can i grow and put away and store you know, like, like my relatives used to do growing up, you know, my, my great aunts, my grandparents, they used to do that. They would have a big harvest. They would spend a week or two canning everything that they harvest. And then they would go in their pantries and that's what they would eat, you know, for a year. Yeah. And so that's, that's where I want to get. That's where I'm, I'm working towards. So, and that brings up a good point. I just want to jump in here. How important it is to have like a menu, basically, because if you have all this food, you're like, ah, we can eat, we're no problem. But how important is it to know how many calories you need and sticking to like, I'm just calling it a menu. You can, you know, adopt, you know, right. sticking to that to that menu if this were to happen, so that you're not diving in and wasting food. That's a big one. Um, is that something you plan for and you stick on a piece of paper and you shove it, you know, in a folder someplace? Like, like how does that, is there a process for that? Yeah, absolutely. Figuring, figuring out um, how not to waste food is also a prep. Cause I know now in our modern society, we don't really look at that a lot. Um, I bet a lot of us, a lot of you guys who are watching this later on, you could probably think about how much food you throw away when you clean up after dinner. Mm-hmm. Um you know, that that's going to that's going to mean something when if you are in a situation where you can't go and replace that food, you're just eating on what you already have or what you can grow yourself, you know, to replace it. That's very important. And, and knowing those portions and even if, uh, you know, you have kids like I do, whose eyes are always bigger than their stomach, <laughs> you know, understand always. the concept of, you know, start with a little bit. You can always go back and get a little bit more. They have to load off, you know, a big heaping plate and then, you know, half of it's thrown away. But also having uh bug out. What's up, man? Also having uh like pigs and chickens that you can feed leftovers to. Mm-hmm. That, that has been awesome because it cuts down on feed prices for them. Right. Around here. Nice. All right, so hey, we, uh, if you want to introduce Bug out here, we have Bug out here. He's he's on his, in the car, I, be, I think, on his way from work, so he's jumping in here a little bit late. So always good <laughs> <laughs> to see you. Um, yeah, this is Bug out Bushido. Um, he has been doing this for a while as well, and covers a variety of things. And um, Bug out, we've kind of been going over um, beginning and um, why we started prepping and. Um, and the reasonings behind that and then we've gone through food and our uh, water and now we're kind of going through food to catch up there yeah well i one thing i would say about you know getting started i really think anybody that's in my age range i'm like late 40s you know but uh we all had grandparents that went through the great depression and i spent a lot of time with my grandparents i heard them talk about it all the time so it was always in the back of my head you know like, mm-hmm. and then seeing events. And if you're a student of history, it really doesn't help you much because you realize how fragile everything is. And, uh, you know, it's they, like, it would never happen. Well, you mean it would never happen again? Like, cause it's already happened here before in this country, the youngest country ever, probably, you know, like it happens all the time, you know? Absolutely. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. Cause hold that thought. Cause there's a, there's a route I want to go with you also, but um, let me, let's, I want to, uh, Native has to leave in a little bit, so I'm trying to kind of get as much out of him before he goes back into witness protection. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that way, um, I've got him for a little bit. So we were just on food in regards to a basically a dietary plan. Like, and, and I wanted to ask this because I think this is something I think a lot of people don't don't think of is that how much food, I mean, like I said, portion-wise, knowing what everybody eats and making that dietary plan and putting that on a piece of paper uh, was what we were just talking about. And and is that something also, um, Lucky, do you do that also? Um, yeah, I used to not to. We, I used to, so kind of how I got started with prepping food was probably the same way that a lot of people start off until I realized, oh, this is wrong. But it's, I think if you're just getting started, it's okay. Kind of, so when you first get started prepping, I think a lot of people, at least I did anyway, I was kind of storing food or getting extra food based on how I currently eat, which is fine, except um, when it's not fine, which is going to be if you suddenly need more calories, right? If you suddenly have to become more active for whatever reason, Um, and then you don't have enough food. Suddenly you think you've got, say, maybe a month's worth of food. Well, now your calorie intake has just increased, doubled even, or almost doubled, and now you don't have enough food. Um, So I didn't always store by caloric intake. I stored by how many meals I thought I could get out of something. You know, So if I have a bag of spaghetti, I knew how many meals that was. And that's okay if you're I, I think that's okay if you're just kind of, if your mindset is, I, you know what, I'm only prepping for like maybe weather events or short term. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going for something beyond that, you, you really need to look at calorie intake. Um, and and I where actually, the calories are coming from too. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Where the calories are yeah. coming from. I usually kind of refer over to actually Bear Independent does, has a couple of videos on storing by caloric intake that I think are good. Um, but trying to get my thoughts together and how to explain it yes i i do i do do it by caloric intake now um for my spouse and myself and we store for me um i think i've got 20 it's either 26 or 2800 calories a day which is actually more than what i would need if i was extremely active for a day but mm-hmm. i tend to want to pad it up a little bit just in case and same for my husband i think i've got 3,200 calories for him. That's for an adult male. Um, again, maybe a little bit much, but I would rather have a little bit more than necessary, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's for someone who's going to be working really hard all day, you know? Um, but I, again, I think if someone, a lot of people find that overwhelming just starting off. They're like, well, how am I going to figure this out or do that? I just want to store some food. If you're just starting and you're thinking, I just want to store for bad weather or for something short term or just, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I'm not into all this doomsday stuff or I don't think this, that's fine. Then go and store food just like you do right now. Go to the store. I will say buying bulk is going to save you money. You know, if people are concerned about inflation, Um, buying convenience foods, the prepackaged stuff that you're used to buying right now, like going and buying a box of mac and cheese is convenient, but it's going to cost less if you just go buy a bag of macaroni noodles and go get some cheese and do it that way. It's going to be a lot less. Um, yeah. And it's easier to store too. Right. And that's, term. And, and then I'll let 
yeah, I'll, I'll let you take back over because this is actually, and this is how I kind of like doing interviews is I, I have questions. This is great. And mm-hmm. it, what it means is you go from, you know, having wood delivered, like, cause I'm on wood to having to chop all my own wood, difference in calorie, difference in intake, difference. Definitely. In intake. <laughs> yes. So absolutely. I do now chop all my own wood. So trust me, I went from having it delivered to now chopping <laughs> it all. Um, thank you. I went out and bought a, a, a chainsaw and a splitter. So, but even though you're still moving the, moving the wood, pulling the logs and doing that and, and, and a power mm-hmm. outage for a long, for a week or something that you might have to do that is going to be your start. You will start to feel that, mm-hmm. um, that you're like I'm starving, I'm starving. And you don't want to get to the point where you're starving because then you eat too much. Is that, uh, well, I, the way it was told to me, <clears throat> and this was, you know, back in the operational days, but they were saying, if you want to maintain your muscle mass and if you want to gain muscle in an austere environment, you should never once ever feel hungry. And that could mean eating every hour if you have a high metabolism, you know, grazing as they call it. But uh, yeah, if, if you're trying to, to improve or maintain solid muscle mass, you don't want to be hungry. Like you don't ever want to know what that feels like. And uh, you know, a food crisis is a bad time to be telling somebody that, but yeah, it's, uh, that's pretty much how it is, man. Absolutely. And, and, and building on, um, the idea of prepping food too. One, one thing I'm sure all you guys up here on the panel understand this, the redundancy of prepping is you don't want to prep one thing all the time. You want to have backups. And so it, you know, like I said, my main food preps are things that, you know, calorie wise and meal wise, just for me and my family plus two. So if I'm prepping for five people, I'm actually prepping for 10. And, and beyond what we prep, just the, the foods and stuff that we eat um, when I can. Now, this is if you have the money to invest in, in prepping stuff like this is, is getting these ready made mixes from the different companies that make these like this is 40 servings and it has a 25 year shelf life, you know, and, uh, the, and you can read the, the caloric intake on the back. There's usually uh, these companies that make this food, they do it for a certain amount of calories. Um, pick this up. You can order this stuff on Amazon too. Like I said, if you have the money to invest in this stuff now and they have deal, they run deals and sales on Amazon on some of these things all the time. You know, yeah. so it's, it's just this is considered emergency food for me when I put stuff like this. It's like if I've eaten, you know, a couple of years supplies of, of my bulk food that I've stocked up. We still have this too to fall back on. Mm. So, you know, there, there's redundancies in that and not even well, count the live preps and the greenhouses and all that. Did you guys cover uh, food fatigue by any chance? No, I think that's something <laughs> Go ahead and ask, Milk. All right. Uh, all right. Tell me what food fatigue is, BB. Uh, oh, oh me. I, man, I, I, I thought that would have been perfect for Native because he basically was, was going there. I saw I saw okay. where his ship was going, you know. Well, then, Native, <laughs> you want to cover it? No, nah, I want to hear Bushido. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. I'll take it. I don't care. Um, <laughs> so... If you're just starting off on this, an easy thing to do is to just stack mountains of rice, mount buckets over buckets over buckets over buckets. A pound of rice uncooked is uh, 1,650 calories. So you could do it by every pound that you got. That's one 
starving day of not dying anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, if you're trying to catch up at the last minute, that's a great way to do it. And then if, if you think about it and you're like, man, my 74th day of eating nothing but rice, I'm really going to hate rice, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you're going to get to the point where you're going to start not eating rice because you just can't stand it anymore. And you just look at rice and you're like, Oh my God, I can't even, I can't even look at the stuff anymore. You know, that's how I am with canned tuna, by the way, you know, you spend seven or eight years in Afghanistan. I can't even smell canned tuna anymore. I like, I, I, my body just will not let me take it into my system, you know? Mm. But, um, <clears throat> so food fatigue is like a real thing and you can get that bulk but then the problem is you have to add diversity. So I, I guess this is your first uh, prepper diversity class. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you got to like uh, when I when I get freeze dried food, for example, I look for the backpacker stuff, the most exotic crap I can find, like Indian Himalayan curry mushroom stew. Yeah, I'll take three of them, you know, because. If it's anything I've never tasted before, that's what I want. I want something that I didn't have the week before, or the day before. And um, then you can kind of lay it out and talk about meal planning. Um, what Bear said that Lucky was talking about, or uh, yeah, Lucky Dane was talking about. Um, he was talking about like making seven or eight meals that you eat all the time and just doing it over and over and over, like rinse, rinse wash, repeat kind of thing. And that's good. You know, you can do that and it's easy to be able to gauge it because then you, when you start stocking that, you start getting the hang of it and you know exactly how much space it takes, you know exactly how much to put in it, you know, all that stuff. But then to fight food fatigue, I try to throw one thing in every day that is unique or semi-unique, you know, um, just a different flavor for like a treat kind of thing, you know, at the end of the day. I mean, God forbid if I could stash some beer, you know, I have right. have you some teriyaki stir frying a beer at the end of the night. Like that's that's all it takes, man. And believe me, from being in some crappy areas, sometimes it's the little stuff like that that makes all the difference in the world, you know. No doubt, brother. Mm -hmm. Breaking up the monotony is really important. Um, I have a lot of food allergies, so I get. I get tired of food um, pretty pretty regularly if I have to eat the same things over and over because just out of necessity I have to. But it's really food fatigue is real. People kind of laugh sometimes like it is. I mean, just think if you like Bugout was saying, if you have to eat rice or you know a lot of times when people are getting started in preparedness they go for beans and rice right away. And I've I've actually had a few people say why beans and rice because when you eat beans and rice together it creates what's called a complete protein and there's like a whole science to that. Um, and you don't have to eat just beans and rice. There's other combinations, but it's cheap and inexpensive. But if so, they start stacking beans and rice, and that's fine. But if you eat that, like Bogat was saying, let's say you're you've eaten it for like 74 days, you know, if you make it that long without <laughs> without uh, having some issues, great. But you're, you're going to be so resentful of eating beans and rice. You're going to feel so hateful. Trust me, you're going to be so upset even after a week or so. You know, so it's really important to have a lot of you know, sauces, gravies, powder, any kind of condiment, something to change it up, you know, add some canned meat to it. Use instead right. of just storing only beans and rice. If you want to yes. do canned soups, stews, you can pour that over rice. There are so many combinations of things that are pretty basic and inexpensive because budget's a big deal for a lot of folks. And it's becoming a 
bigger deal, a bigger concern these days with inflation and the price of food going up. Yeah. yeah. And four days of beans and rice, you're going to be looking for some squirrel meat. Right. You're going to be looking for, you looked for it before 74 days. <laughs> yeah. I know that. Well, and also too, I mean, just to kind of throw this out there. If, you know, if any of this are things that you don't normally eat in your current diet and you want to start, you know, you think I'm going to start storing beans and rice or pasta or, or something now that you don't currently usually eat in your regular diet, start adding it in at least once a week because you don't want to be yeah. dealing with any kind of gastric upset. I'm going to put it delicately. <laughs> you know, if you suddenly have to change your diet all of a sudden because it, it will hit your body and it's not going to be a good time. So why put yourself through that? Go ahead and, you know, um, if you don't normally eat canned beans or dry beans or beans in general, add them in once a week, canned meat, try and add it in every so often, you know, um, it, whatever it is that you don't normally eat a lot of, go ahead and Absolutely. throw it in every, you know, once a week or every couple of weeks, just to start getting your body used to it and start getting you some ideas on how to work with it as well, how to cook with it. Yeah, the, the skills of, uh, of learning how to cook those things, a lot of times people don't know how to cook basic yes. things from scratch. We're in such a convenient society that I think most. Another, uh -oh. like, another yeah, miracle. <clears throat> I was jumping in to cover the, the void that he <laughs> <you> made. <laughs> but uh, the. The, the food contractor, like the roach coach drivers, the food supply places, um, that well, there's one called Gordon Foods that's on the East Coast. And I, I don't know if it's if they're everywhere, but if you go in there, they have bags, uh, sealed Mylar bags of uh, gravy mix. And one bag that's about the size of a bag of potato chips, it has like 95 servings in it and you mix it with like water. It's like super easy to make, but it's like that will make the difference between you hating your life or not, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and if you can, hopefully you're in it last. I, I, that's actually a good point. Milkman. I, I'd like you to talk about that a little bit is the fact that people have rice cookers. People open up a can of beans, but not cook dry beans. And, and that's, that's something I don't think people think about, right? How do you cook rice without that rice cooker thing? What, 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 what do I do now? My microwave's not working. You know what I mean? Things like that. So that's something if you can expand on, hopefully we can. Yeah. Um, well, and this kind of ties into one of my favorite points about preparedness, um, because you can be working on, you know, your water, um, your, your food and different people do different things with their food preparedness. I think the reason that all of us kind of have focused on like bulk food storage is, and this is a little side topic real quick. It's inexpensive. It's easy to access right now. I mean, it is right now. Um, and it will store long-term and you can dress it up in a gazillion different ways and you have your complete protein. So that's just something for the beans and rice thing. Um, still prep what you eat regularly, but also that. But the, the knowledge and skills, I think, is one of the biggest things that um, is important because you can store all this stuff and you can, um, you know, have, have things put back, that kind of thing. But in order to really utilize this, if you're in a high stress situation, say you lose your job or say, you know, there's power outages, natural disasters or worse. Um, having the ability and the practice 
um, of, of practicing those skills of learning how to, you know, some beans need soaking, some don't, um, you know, how to cook a pot of beans, um, how to cook rice. I mean, it seems pretty basic, but I mean, I'm not going to lie. I love rice makers. It's super easy, but (laughs) I got rid of my last rice maker and I had to teach my daughter how to make rice. And, you know, if you do it enough times, you know, the ratio is, you know, one cup of rice to two cups of water. water. (laughs) I'll jump in there. You're, you're glitching a little bit, Milkmaid. (laughs) One cup of rice to two cups of water. Oh, sorry. And then you cook it for about, uh, yeah, bring it to, (laughs) yes, now you're back. (laughs) Okay. Right. Yeah. You bring it to a boil and then let it um, simmer with a lid on for 20 minutes at lowering the heat. I mean, that's a very basic skill, but most people don't have that. And that can go into a variety of topics like how to build a fire, you know, all these different things that you eventually have to know these um, knowledge, gather this knowledge and these skills. And if you're slowly practicing that while you're doing everything else, you're going to find yourself much happier um, if you, uh, or less stressed, let's say that, Mm. if you're in a situation where, um, you know, things are more difficult. There's also a Filipino rice, which is two knuckles of water, no matter how much rice or the size of the container, it's two knuckles of water. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yes. That's how they do it. Two knuckles of water. Yeah. (laughs) I've actually been experimenting with that trick. See if I can get it correct. See if I can get it right. I'm like, let's see. What's a way to measure this? Good to know. You want to use clean hands when you stick that in the water. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're going to boil it, so your hands could be as dirty as you want them to be. No, mine can't, no. (laughs) No, I can't do that. Varying opinions. You've got to embrace the suck, though, you know? Uh, Yeah. Where are we heading next? Okay. So, first of all, I wanted to ask, Native, how much time do you have left? Uh, I'm good for about 15 more minutes. Okay. All right. So, I mean, we've kind of... It's hard not to go into the weeds with all this stuff because there's yeah. so many areas and mm-hmm. it gets it gets overwhelming. It takes a lot of time. So I apologize. Um, there are other areas um, that you want to consider, um, which we've covered pretty much the first two. But you also kind of think about the things that you normally use in your life. Like, um, uh, well, we brought up hygiene and, you know, maybe a stock of the medicines that you have and stuff. Oh, I kind of wanted to ask you guys, what are your thoughts for those who live in um, cities and small apartments? Like how, how can they store food? And then also um, uh, we could talk about the fact that, you know, if there's ever any kind of issue having a plan to um, um, leave that kind of thing, is that something road you want to go down the stage as well? Or absolutely. absolutely. It's all part of it. So if we want to start with, um, because he's limited on, on time. Yeah. Okay. For the marshals come back. So I know, right? <laughs> it's a black spot in my face. Yeah. All right, so, uh, yeah. I mean, this for me, you know, I've I've always tried to, to steer clear of cities. I don't like cities, but I understand that that uh, the prepping needs for someone who say lives in an apartment in New York City is different than the prepping needs of someone who lives in a rural area like I do. But I have thought about that a lot. Like, what if I was stuck in a city or I had to live there? What would I do? What would my prep then be? How would it be different? 
Well, my number one thing would be making sure I had an avenue of escape so I could get out of there. You know, it, the first signs of, of some type of collapse or even if it's just a catastrophe. You guys remember, I was thinking about this last night, the uh, the blackout that New York had. And there mm-hmm. were like thousands, millions of people who are leaving the city. They had the walkout and all that stuff. I, I was just thinking about that. <clears throat> imagine that, you know, uh, happening again or imagine that happening on a on a nationwide scale or even just, you know, a little bit longer, like for a month. You know, because even in, in rural areas, I'm sure Bushido understands this. You know, you can lose power for two weeks in a hurricane sometimes, uh, depending on where you live. So, uh, but yeah, having that that avenue already mapped out, like how are you going to leave? You know, what are you going to take? You know, what if this avenue is closed or it's too dangerous and you have to go find another way out? Also, staying up with current events and knowing what what actually is happening is going to be important. Um, you guys are talking about prepping skills. Mm-hmm. I think prepping knowledge and skills is actually more important than, than stocking up on stuff. Because uh, as our good friend POTB has pointed out, in the end, all of that is just comfort stuff. But if you have the knowledge and the skills to obtain the things that you need, no one can take that from you. You're always going to have it. You know, so uh, I always tell people to prep knowledge. And I've had people push back on yeah. me prepping I'm, books. Go ahead, brother. Uh, hey, we might have lost him. He's in a thing. So you've had people push back against I'm always a little reluctant. Okay. Got you. I, I was just saying, yeah, people push back on me for when I tell people to, to prep books, to prep knowledge prep things that you can you can go back to later you can always go back to when there's no internet when there's no power if you prep the right knowledge you can go and turn that knowledge into skills so i mm-hmm. always tell people to do that as well but uh prepping food in the city uh, the only reason why i'm reluctant to tell people to do that is because they go oh i don't need anything i'll just i'll just learn some stuff and watch some videos on youtube you know and, it, and it's not I mean, it's that you need more than just the skills, though, you know? Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. People find the funniest reasons to not stop. Funniest excuses is what I call it, making excuses. I think having, I understand what Bugout's saying. I tend to say books as well, but I try and frame it more as, as like a reference material. And like um, Native was saying, if internet goes out, if power is out, or recently, like I've pointed out some folks, you know, what if um, you lose your job, something happens financially, and you need to turn your cable and internet off to save that money because you need to go buy some groceries. So now you have cut yourself off from internet, which sounds like something that you like, oh, I would never do that, or I can't function without it. Well, if you need to pay your bills, yeah, I think, you know, that's, that, it's a reality right now. What if you do? There's people who are shutting off their cable. It's, you know, so if you don't have it, then you still have reference material to go back to. You still have something you can kind of reference, you know, that you can go to and say, well, how do I do this? How do I cook that? How do I do whatever, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I have books about things I'm absolutely not even interested in, but I know that I'm going to want to know it one day. So right. I have a book for it. You know? Right. Yeah. And, and there's a difference between having the knowledge and, and being able to turn that knowledge into skills, too. Exactly. But you still have to learn it. You still have yes. to get out there and actively try to do things, you know, and that's the best way to learn something anyway. 
But having the books on hand or magazines or a video that you've downloaded to something that you don't need internet to go back and watch, you can, you'll still have that as a reference. You know what I'm saying? And like you were saying with uh, cooking rice, you can stock thousands of pounds of rice, but if you don't know how to cook it, you'll burn half of it. You see what I'm saying? So, so having the yeah. skills beforehand is important. For sure. And before you leave, Native, I wanted to kind of cover this real quick. I know um, we just kind of glossed over a lot with the city, but, um, you know, what is your your best tip for somebody who's, you know, they've got a tight budget, they um, they want to stock, you know, food and, and water filtration and or, or purification, that kind of thing. What are some of the tips that you would give them in order to start um, without breaking the bank or rush nobody please put stuff on credit cards <laughs> yeah. um, no tip is to get is to get that water filtration um because that's um, going to be the first human need get a, a sorry man and get a live straw they're they're relatively cheap and they're small you can just you can carry a sorry man in your pocket if you have to leave real quick and you'll always have a way to as long as you have a source of water, you'll have a way to have clean drinking water. But um, as far as far as food, man, like we were just talking about rice and beans and get those flavor packets. Like Bushido pointed out, you don't want to get food fatigue. Um, I would stack at least if I was in an apartment living in New York City, I would have at least a minimum of three months supply of food for me and whoever else I'm feeding for that. And I would already have several routes to bug out in any direction if we needed to you know i'd have maps we would right. be practicing it you know on weekends or, or whenever we'd be doing drills just i would be nervous if i lived in new york city all the time especially now you know well it, it, maybe um i can save this for now or i can throw this out here but it, it's something that because this is going to probably be another topic real quick and i might have to dive into the bushido and them it sounds like exercise. So it's diet water. It seems like exercise is, is, is making sure that you can leave, you can bug out, you can throw an ax and chop down wood. You can do this stuff. I think that's also a little bit left out of, of the preparation. Am I Definitely. wrong? 100%. Yeah. There's basic physical fitness. You don't have to be a gym rat, but have my opinion, have a basic level of fitness. If you can at least, can you walk a couple of miles without getting terribly winded and having to be like, Oh my God, I'm about to die. You know, that's right. I generally tell people start with that walk, you know, cause a lot of people can't run or for, you know, have other physical limitations, but if you can at least walk out of somewhere, you know, or you can build up stamina pretty quickly doing that. You can add in weights and you can do a lot of other things. For me, I, I usually tell people start with walking. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah, cardio is key. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, it, I think it also affects the amount of, of food that you're you're gonna be taking in because you know, if you're you know you're you're not in the best shape and things like that, you're gonna go to hunger pains a lot better, you know, quicker and, and not be ready for that type of situation as much as somebody who might be yeah. a little bit and, and more at their lean weight per se. Well, what you're saying right now, Sage, is what you're actually saying, I think, in your brain, is you don't want the time of austerity to be the time that you start getting in shape. 
Correct. In in English, in simpler terms to make sure everybody completely understands, yes. So like Sage right now is not as his leanest, uh, but he's definitely working to get there. Uh, but it, I think that's an important factor that's also left out. And we, hey, I need water. We need this. And we need the ability to, it, it's like, and then I'll let, you know, later before he takes off. You know, a lot of people say, well, I'm just going to have a gun. I'm just going to have a gun. One of the best things to get away from a situation is be able to get away from a situation rather than have a firearm. Right. And I, I say this all the time. You know, it's if I can get away, I'm going to get away. But it, when you're able to, you know, run 50, 60, 70 feet without being winded, that could be an issue down the road. And I think well, what I always tell people is, is uh, guns are a really good way to, to prep around this because you can, you only ever need to eat one bullet. So it doesn't take up a lot of space at all. You could have it in your nightstand, you know. Well, that's going to be edited out there. Yeah. <laughs> no, YouTube will strike him for that. Don't There's do that. <laughs> right there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, but that's that whole give up concept. It's like, if you don't want to, if you don't want to ever start, it's, it's like the, uh, every odd is going to be against you. You know what I mean? I got to tag that one Oh one. All right. <laughs> you're really gonna, we know what you're yeah. saying, bug out, but you can't have that in the show. Oh, my bad. You, you, can't Can, talk, you can't talk suicide yeah. on YouTube. Hey, they, it was, they, they it was a hard truth, you. man. It was a yeah. hard truth though. It's, yeah, it is true. But well, the right. don't like give it. up. Concept. But anyway, I, you know, like, I, there's so many rules, right? I have a podcast. I'll leave this on my podcast. Uh, <laughs> I cannot <laughs> on YouTube with that yeah. with, with that terminology. Oh, so, man, what a drag. Yeah. I don't um, want to be that guy, dude. I'm sorry. I didn't even. I I wasn't even thinking about that. No problem. Well, I think the reasoning behind there is um, uh, if you if you don't look ahead and you don't plan ahead, that's essentially what you're. You're, right. you're you're setting yourself up for that, which I know you've got to edit that for the YouTube or whatever. But I think it's a, a good point. I just don't know how many people can hear it. I hope they can because it's kind of important. But yeah, we all have to realize that this is a situation that will either make or make us or break us. Right? Eventually, it could be that situation, and breaking us might be of our own doing uh, compared to the terminology he used. But it, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those that people need to hear that they need to hear the reality of this because people like bug out and native have been in situations where they've seen exactly. the the worst of it that third you know third world country situation right and yeah. and i i mean you're you're you mentioned this earlier stage you're talking about how you know preparedness isn't just about you know the, the doomsday the, the shift scenarios it's an everyday it's just the way you live your life it's just a good way to live to always it's a mindset to always be prepared being aware um i'm sure everyone's feeling the, the pain of the high gas prices all over the world you know not not just in our local areas but um i have, I have a story that i'll end on a little antidote i'll prep and help us here um about two and a half years ago uh I invested in some gas preps, and so we prepped uh, a couple hundred gallons of gasoline. We hit, we put stable in it. We bought the uh, non-ethanol gasoline. Mm -hmm. You know, most ethylene has ten percent ethanol in it nowadays. If you most of us, we don't pay attention. We just put gas in our car, right? Right. If you store that ethanol, it turns into water over time. So 
you want to make sure if you're going to prep gasoline that you that you do that that you get the gasoline doesn't have ethanol in it and you put the stable in it that's what really and then we sealed the containers well gas prices started going up our monthly gas bill started going up and then we started having problem with our our well the pressure something was wrong with the pressure so we had to pull our well our pump and see what was going on uh, the pump was fine the line had a crack in it so we were just going to replace the line and then my brilliant prepper wife was like why don't we just go ahead and get the whole new system we'll have a backup pump we'll have a brand new one in this this well we're actually able to see our column of water is still at 40 feet which was awesome i mean it's our you know we thought our well might have been running dry that's why we had a pressure problem but that's not the problem at all but anyway uh Buying all this new stuff with the new with the new gas prices, uh, the way that we dealt with it is we we used our gas preps for a couple of weeks to fill up our vehicles, and so it saved us. You know, I think it was uh, six hundred dollars, and we were oh, able wow. to pay for for our new well pump, and now we have a backup pump, and all because we prepared years ago. You know, mm. uh, just as a little anecdote, I mean, prepping pays off. Um, I was taught, I was, I was speaking with tribe and he was sharing a story with me, how prepping pays off. He, he found a Leatherman and on the, on the beach, he said 10 years ago, and it was all rusted and wouldn't use it. Uh, him and Nancy looked it up. It had a 25 year warranty on it. And so they were able to mail it off and get a brand new, like $150 Leatherman. And, and I told him the same thing. I said, prepping pays off, <laughs> always pays off to prepare. So, but, but anyway, I just wanted to, to, to leave on that high note, man. Prepping pays off. It pays off to have that mindset to, to always be looking to how can I be more prepared next time. Right. Right. Certainly. Well, for that 100%. So, and on that note, you're going to bow out and uh, go back to, the, like I said, the U.S. Marshals, which are like, um, how many kids now are we running with? <laughs> <laughs> Seven kids total. Marshals, yes, seven U.S. Yeah. marshals that keep you yeah. captive. Um, so, and congratulations! Like two months ago, he just had another one. So, another marshal badge on the on, in the house that keep you handcuffed in there. Um, but no, that's great. So, I do want to thank you for coming on, and and we'll probably we'll definitely have you on, on again as we're going to continue on. If that's it's all right for everybody else. Absolutely, man. Bichito, sandwich, milk, yeah, guys. See you later, man. I haven't seen you in a while. It has been a while. You, bro. I miss yeah. you, bro. <laughs> I miss you, man. Thank you, Nate. <laughs> One of the OGs right there. <laughs> y'all take care. I'll see y'all. All righty. I'll kick you down. All right. So that is our, uh, he, that is was native. He, uh, like I said, he had to go back and get ready for some family stuff. Uh, cause it is, you know, it's seven thirty in in the morning, Eastern standard time. Cause we started at like 3am. It feels like uh, <laughs> I, I do want to continue on now because some of the, where did you, where did you want to go next with this one? Well, you know, real quick, uh, uh, native got me thinking here, you know, the reality of this situation, there's a lot of potential things that could happen. We got a lot of irons in the fire right now, but you know, almost the worst thing that could happen is nothing because we're already, we're already on the, the high dive for a food crisis. And we're already on a high dive for the money market to get really weird. And Sage, you probably know more about that than any one of us sitting here right now. Um, but 
it's already going to get weird, even if nothing happens, right? So we're looking at a Great Recession slash Great Depression 2.0 if nothing else pops off, you know? Um, it's You're probably not going to be dealing with Mad Max if that's the case, but you're going to be going, man, you know, a bag of rice used to be 20 bucks and now it's 65 bucks, you know, and a dollar used to be worth a dollar. And now it's, you know, 33% of all currency that's floating around right now has been printed in the last two and a half years. You know, it's pretty scary yeah. stuff, man. Right. Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of people are, are starting to look into this and, you know, honestly, in, in approaching this, um, looking at all that this is hedging against you know future inflation and shortages and supply chain issues that type of thing you know definitely yeah and, and just so everybody understands what she means by that is it, prices are not going to go down per se right definitely not anytime soon and, and not quickly so some of the stuff that you bought let's say a year ago might, let's just say the dollar store is a perfect example the dollar store is now the dollar 25 store Right. It's I mean, there's obviously dollar stores are even merging to become um, their hybrid stores, which is family dollar and dollar general together because of they can't afford that inflation. So some of the stuff that you're prepping now, food wise, could be double the price, you know, peanut butter and things like that. You might have bought for a dollar are now two dollars. And, and that adds up that that math adds up. Math's real. <laughs> and, you know, and it's it's that's something where, you know, we are. That, that's what the point she brought across is what you do now is, is prepping you for future costs. Yeah. yeah and there's that. some things like guns are the easiest. The first, uh, Mosin the Gaunt that I ever bought, I bought for $35 and they're like four or 500 bucks now, but I bought a Bulgarian SLR 95, um, in 1996. I don't own it anymore, but, uh, I got that for $200 flat with tax and transfer thrown in that guns like 22,000 something dollars now, you know, I mean like okay. that's noticeable, but, but food is kind of, it's going to be the same thing, you know, and it, right. once everybody figures it out, it's going to be cutthroat. You know, everybody's going to, it's going to be black Friday every day. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, I think not a single person, if they, gone to the store recently hasn't noticed something that has jumped in price whether it's butter or you know those hillshire sausages or whatever they used to be 2.99 and now they're on sale for 4.59 and it's kind of like yeah that's happening and so if you can even though it's higher now than it was it's still lower than it's going to be in the future and you know especially if on you're on a tight budget other things are going up as well, like the heating oil that you brought up, right? Or the gasoline. So if you can um, get things now at this price before they go up more, then you're going to be able to use the um, income that you save, save because you're not spending more right. on those things later on. You can use that to help um, pad where your other other um, expenses come in, like native with the the uh, well pump he was able to pad that in because he had prepared ahead of time it's, it, it seems simple it's hard to get started but it really can um, help you in the long run I don't know that it's for inflation I don't I'm, I'm gonna interject. I'm gonna slightly disagree I don't know if it's that difficult to get started I think it seems like that to a lot of folks 
I think it yeah, seems that you. way. I think it seems, <laughs> I think it's very anxiety inducing for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I don't think it's really that, it's really not that hard. I mean, I, I will tell people, yeah, we talk beans and rice all the time, but that's the most inexpensive and the easiest way to kind of, kind of slide into preparedness, you know, it's like, you know, get some, you get some rice. It's very inexpensive still for, for right now it is. You get some dried beans, you know, whatever beans you like, there's, you know, and, um, you know, and then go from there, get some canned meats, get some stews some soups, pastas. There are a lot of, a lot of different things depending on what you eat or what your family likes to eat. Um, if you're a super picky eater, you, <laughs> I don't want to sound harsh, but it's like, you need to get over that. You know, you maybe need to not be quite so picky, you know? Um, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that difficult. If you're a really picky it, eater, I would get the rice and the beans anyway. Yeah. yeah. Because you'll get hungry enough. Trust yeah, me. That, that's true. If you're hungry enough, you're going or to eat, or, get tired enough. It, that's just what I was about to say. Or if you don't have the money to go out and eat, you know, or to buy what you would normally like to have because it's doubled because grocery, I mean, things are doubling at the shelf. I mean, like you said, with the Hillshire farm, you noticed. So that sausage, I've seen things at the store. I'm like, damn, that was just $4. Now it's seven and a half or eight bucks. What, what is going on? You know, I know what's going on, but it's like, geez, you know, it's, it's going up quick. And let me ask this real quick to, to the to the panel because, like I said, I, I, I'm the person that that you know I'm I'm a lot of questions here. No, how important is a financial budget and keeping the analytics of the price adjustments when you when you go to prep to, to kind of to see that type of stuff? Anybody can answer. Lucky, if you want to answer, like, is that something people should kind of keep that analytics and know prices are going up and going up? Well, I, I've, I've done this for a while because, um, uh, I, you know, and I don't keep like this perfect little notebook and, you know. That's what I was thinking in my head. I'm like, you mean like keep like a written record? Because I don't. I, I will jot uh, down milk prices maid, like on. Milkmaid keeps records of her last three years of, of cut fingernails. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, it's, um, it's. Basically, what I do is I generally buy the same things over and over and over again. Um, I rarely deviate from, and we're more of a, a from scratch cooking family because my son had allergies, so I couldn't really buy a whole lot of prepackaged stuff. Um, so, what I would do is I'd keep an eye on it. Plus, we were pretty broke and we dug ourselves out of debt um, for a while there, so we were very, very tight with money. Um, and that's how I know you can still prepare. Even if you're um, if if you're strapped for cash, because you just basically you cut out the niceties so that you can afford, you know, to to do this. Like if you're serious about doing this, you cut cut some things out. Um, but what I would do is I'd price compare um, when I shop, and I would kind of keep a mental log because I was buying the same things over and over again. Um, you can do a notebook. I've seen people do this when they're extreme budgeting, but I think a budget is actually extremely important because um, that that's part of how we were financially prepared. Um, but if you, if you can keep a list of just your common things that you buy, when you walk into a store, like for example, I went to a restaurant supply store and I know I'm being long-winded here, mm-hmm. but I knew a 25 pound bag of rice at Sam's club was roughly $13, I think. Um, 
I go into this res- new restaurant supply store to check it out, and they've got, you know, made in USA rice, a 50-pound bag for $22. Price per pound or ounce is way, way lower, um, whereas some of the other things, they weren't as, as mm. inexpensive. But I kind of could keep a mental idea of, you know, I'm not going to pay over a dollar, a dollar twenty-five per pound for beans, you know, not over about 40 cents per pound per rice. That kind of thing can really help you judge what's going up and what you need to cut out or what you need to stock up on that kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's just knowing your prices and knowing, Mm -hmm. knowing when you see a deal or a better price, you know, if you're in a financial position to go ahead and take advantage of it, then grab it, especially these days because deals are getting fewer and farther between. Mm -hmm. So if you do see it and you're in a position to get it, I always tell people grab it. Um, Some just kind of go back to what you were saying something earlier about don't go into debt. I'm telling people all the time, do not, I see people in different live stream and in chat saying, you know, they panicked and they maxed out a credit card. I'm like, Oh, please don't, please do not do that. You do not want to be in debt right now. You know, uh, you want to be trying to dig yourself out of debt and that requires budgeting as well. That's something I was asking some folks on my stream on Sunday. Hey, do do we want to do a stream about budgeting? Do we want to talk about that? Because some people don't operate on a budget or they don't know how to set one up and it's super, super easy. Mm -hmm. The hard part is sticking to it. You know, that's, that's the hard part. You know, do you have the willpower, the discipline to stick to your budget? Are you motivated to stick to it so that you can have this extra disposable income to prep or do whatever it is that you need to do and get the things you need to get. And understanding your realistic costs. Yeah. It's hard when you say, I'm only going to spend this much on that. And then everything goes up. You have to learn how to adjust with it or you set unrealistic goals and then it flops every month. You're like, well, budgeting just doesn't work for me. No, you need to make the budget work for you. Not the other way around. (laughs) You know, right. You know, we're saying, okay, I'm allowing X number of dollars um, for food per month. And then suddenly, you know, that last weekend of the month or in the middle of the month, you're like, you know what? I'm tired of cooking at home. I want to go out and eat. Well, it's not in the budget. Right. Well, are you going to, are you going to say screw it and go out? Because most people do, (laughs) you know, now you've you've just blown your budget. Now, oh, I have to, that's how we all learn, right? Everyone's done it. That's why it's like, I feel like, you know, as you know, being in preparedness, but trying in to like budget. share all this stuff with people who are new in preparedness, like don't please learn from my mistakes. And yet people yeah. still keep making this. We all make the same mistakes over and over. It's like, I'm trying to, trying to save you some time and money right here. Don't do this. And here's why. Yeah. Well, budget wise, I always pay myself first. So that trip to that restaurant, that that's the first thing to get paid for before anything <laughs> really? else happens. Well, I mean, you gotta, you, you, one thing that I learned when you're trying to budget and, and pay attention to costs and stuff like that is you do have to have a little fun money in there or you just get so sick of it all. That you get hateful you, and resentful. Yeah. Right. It's like the beans and rice without any spices or mm-hmm. anything. Um, well, that you, you still have to live life. Yeah. You have to always have an eye out for a deal. Like there's money that I may not have spent last month, but I would have spent three times more than that. If, if the right deal came across my, you know, if I found something that was worth it, I would have sprung on it, but, but I didn't. So I saved a little money, but I'll spend that money next month. If I come across something, you know, I mean, I'm not afraid to spend money. Yeah. Especially if you come across, like Lucky was saying, you find something on sale. For example, go ahead and stock up on that item 
Um, one thing that I tell people when you're trying to build a pantry, like a working pantry is, yeah, it's more expensive to buy in bulk at the time, but it mm-hmm. it's cheaper over the long run. And if you only have enough to do a little bit extra on this one item, go ahead and get that bulk. Like say you have your regular grocery budget and then maybe you've set aside a little bit of extra money to um, prep food. Go ahead and um, maybe cut back a little bit on your normal stuff. But that extra, that's what you can set to that big bulk item that might cost, you know, like, for example, 50 pounds of rice, $22. You know, you've bulked that. Then the next month or however often people do their budget, I do monthly budget. But the next month you get, you know, 50 pounds of beans. And there you've got like a pretty decent supply of food. And that only took you two months with a little bit of extra money. Um, And then you can you know, get the stuff that you use on a daily basis, back that up, spices, that kind of thing. But perfect. So back to, we're going to back to the list. What, what was next on our list there? Of teach? I was looking at this. I was going to go over kind of the steps that we do. Oh, um, well, I didn't know if you wanted to cover this because of what we talked earlier, but the last thing being uh, thoughts for those with like special medical needs. Yeah. Like say they have certain, um, and Lucky is great at this. <laughs> Bushido has family who have, has needs as well. Um, so kind of what what things do we need to avoid saying, first of all, I suppose? Well, Lucky kind of knows. So I'm, she can- yeah, we can't give medical advice. It's it gets The tube gets real dicey. Can't give it advice. There's always going to be people in chat who will start and then who will start saying, oh, do this, that, yeah. and the other. And then there's the people who want to take essential oils for everything, which it has its place, but you know, they start doctoring in the chat, but um, yeah. Um, um, I think probably for um. medical advice, <laughs> I would say to keep it safe and say, you know, make sure you have basic first aid kit. If nothing else, if you don't have just some basic first aid um, being, get your band-aids, your whatever antibiotic ointment you choose to have like Neosporin or store brand. Cause it's the same thing. One is just cost less than the other. If you feel better having store or having a name brand, get it. If you like the store brand, get that. It's it's all the same thing. Um, You're gonna hate this, Lucky. But what's that? In your first aid kits, mm-hmm. if we're talking full austerity, uh, Lord of the Flies type stuff, uh, <laughs> you're, you're gonna want to. You're going to want to have baby wipes with your first aid kit because every part of your yeah. body is going to be dirty. You're going to be dirty. You're going to be dirty. You're going to be dirty. I know. I know. It's a big I don't, part. Hygiene. Yeah. Hygiene is a big part of it. Um, that's why in our water storage, we allow we allow additional water that we store for hygiene. But yeah, baby wipes. You know, if somebody's not storing water, you're not in a... If you're not somewhere where you can store water or you can't store very much water, like people who live in apartments because water's heavy it's extremely heavy you can only store so much you know um so yeah baby wipes for sure all right so let me do this um real quick because i've got two options here so option a we're going to do lucky is um, i did want to ask about like vitamins but i also want to do option b on this because i do have x i will be putting this on um spotify itunes i also have vimeo which i pay for so they won't they won't shut me down so let's say the non-youtube friendly version what would you honestly recommend obviously not you know, oh. <laughs> advice, but um as much as you know you you pretty much could i mean do you want to know what i'm recommending people or what we have because that's going to be 
different. However you want to, whatever you want to put out, whatever you feel comfortable putting out. I, like I said, I have access to other means of putting this out without being banned. Okay. So I think it's going to depend on what people, it's going to depend on what the person is preparing for. If they think, you know, if they, if they feel um, it's going to be, you know, they want to prepare for a short-term event or something where we're not going to have any kind of a collapse of society or a loss of healthcare system, collapse of the healthcare system, which is healthcare systems not doing that great right now. Um then have your basic first aid stuff at home if you feel that you can depend on the health on the healthcare system and that you know you'll be able to seek treatment if needed. If you think that something is likely to happen to healthcare, that it's going to become harder and harder to obtain prescription medications or um, treatment, then I would say look into things where you can get. Um, and this is an investment, something like. Jace is a company that's come out. They You can get antibiotics. It's prescription. It's legitimate, 100% legitimate. You can get it online. If you want to have antibiotics at home, they sell, uh, it's a pack of five different antibiotics that kind of covers a range of different things. If you want to go um, the fish mm-hmm. antibiotic route, which has been a thing up until now, until Jace kind of came out on the scene, fish antibiotics have been a thing. They're, they become increasingly difficult to find. It's become, they're out there, but it's hard to find them that um, where they are not close to expiration because of supply chain issues, right? right. Um, and at this point, the prices have gone up so much on those that it's almost it's almost the same price or about the same price as getting the antibiotics uh, through Jace. There's a lot of articles out there. I've shared information on my channel about um, fish antibiotics and it's stuff. It's, you know, amoxicillin, Cipro, all kinds of fish. And I'm almost air quoting that it is for fish, but you know, uh, there's articles out there about humans taking the fish antibiotics. Um, sutures have um, Bushido jump in here with me, man, because <laughs> we've talked about this. I would have things like bleed stop, you know, um, or Cellox, um, tourniquets, there, there's just an endless amount of medical supplies that you can have, depending on what you think is going to be happening in the future. At, at bare bones, just a basic first aid kit, you know, your band-aids, your al- rubbing alcohol, um, ace bandages. Go ahead. And like pres- prescription I medications. Most, uh, yeah. Prescri- oh, you know, if you have extra prescription medications, you know. Ask your doctor for an extended. Um, yeah, if you can get like a 90-day. Yeah, 90-day or 180-day supply, if they'll do that, depending on what it is. Because they know that there are issues within supply chain uh, with prescription meds right now as well. Those are getting mm-hmm. uh, getting kind of weird. They, they've as been far weird, as the, the sutures, you want dissolving and non-dissolving sutures and you also want to get the medical staplers but the thing about the staplers is you want to save that for your really drastic stuff because they're pretty much one and done uh you can still use them as a stapler but they're never going to be sterile again once you use them to to suture skin together you know um your little oopsies and your ouchies that's what your uh your regular sutures are for and uh and you know with, with no doctor, or if we're in a depression and all of your money, love, like for example, when I was in East Africa, uh, 80 to 85% of everyone's food or our profits from their labor went to food. So imagine you living on 15% of your income 
for anything that's not related to food. And that's what they were doing when I was there. And that was, that's been years ago now, you know, it's probably worse today, you know? Right. Well, um, let me, let me ask you, I mean, in regards to medicines, what about common medicines, your Tylenols, your low dose, your mm-hmm. yeah. quills, your uh, Pepto-Bismol and, and stuff like that. Is, is that stuff that, you know, you should be on hand and, and, you know, things like that also? Definitely. I kind of lump that in with basic first aid, uh, but yeah, over-the-counter meds, definitely if you take acetaminophen, aspirin, um, ibuprofen, any of that kind of pain reliever, fever reducers, definitely have that on hand. Um, yeah, all that stuff. You want to have um, your Maalox, you want to have you know, any of the antidiarrheal medicines, you want to have all of that on hand if, if it's something you think you'll use. And the thing is, it's not terribly expensive right now. And you can always get store brands if budget's a concern, which it is for a lot of people. You know, we're all on we're all on some kind of a budget, right? So you can go to places like Dollar Tree, you know, and it's whatever brand or no name brand that Dollar Tree carries or discount stores carry. It's the same formula. You can even take the name brand if it's there on the shelf, pick it up and look at the ingredients and compare it. Sometimes they even, you know, advertise on the no name brand or on the store brand, you know, same as or compare to name brand. Right. It's the same thing. A lot of times, these, you know, it's the same with food. It's all made in the same facility on the same lines. They just put a different label on it. Right. That's the only di- that and the sticker price. That's the only difference. So uh, very occasionally there might be some slight difference. But uh, as long as the main ingredients are there, and again, I'm not a doctor, so <laughs> take it for what it's worth. But as long as the main ingredients, the dosages are the same and the ingredients, it's the same thing. So right. you can you save money that way. You don't have to buy name brand unless you just feel more confident and it makes you feel better, then by all means, get it. And we're even talking things like dental floss, you know, yeah. what I mean? yeah. and those little pick things and toothbrushes and toothpaste. I mean, because that's, that yeah. that's maintenance to make sure you don't get that cavity which would be crushing exactly uh, right. yeah people forget dental you also want to make sure you have your dental uh emergency kits in case if you have dental work like a filling or a crown that comes off because that is not something that you can take care of at home that's nothing that you know you ha- you've got to have a dentist for that you know right. but that would at least you know the temporary cement or whatever or the painkiller in it the clove oil will kind of tide you over a day maybe a couple of days until you can get to a dentist you know because that's something you don't want to mess around with for sure if your nylon gear gets damaged uh that's what you use your needle and uh dental floss for it's really good for repairing uh nylon oh, really? like you know yeah like your web gear and stuff if something goes wrong and a strap gets a a little uh like pennant hole in it or whatever you can you can fix it with because dental floss is strong enough that you can do it. You can fix holes in your pants and all that stuff. It's like yeah. really good for that stuff. I always save all the little floss things and toothbrushes that the dentist gives mm-hmm. when you go oh, yeah. cleaning. Yeah, I mean, I, I have some backup floss as well, but I, I like using the little flossers because mm-hmm. they're so much easier. But yeah. um, keeping that dental floss on hand for when that kind of stuff runs out and then the the multiple uses like uh, bug out was saying they really but the things you can't you can't improvise eye drops it's really hard to uh those little plastic uh you know you rip the little tip off of them and you squeeze the the eye drops in that's one yeah 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 that's Those are worth a million bucks, man. Yeah, we've we've got a few boxes of that around here. So yeah, a saline 
keeping saline on hand, even if you don't wear contacts, um, mm -hmm. I do, but having the, um, that and your eyewash cups, having that backed up, um, because you, you get a scratch in your eye or you get something in your eye and that's not fun to deal with. A lot of people don't keep that stuff on hand though. But yep. You can wash your eye out with, with the saline. That's what I was about to say. A lot of people don't think of eye cups. That's, that's a very kind of, I think that it's kind of an old thing. I, I saw a lot of that when mm -hmm. I was a kid, a lot of my older relatives had those eye cups. They had the glass ones, you know, they were uh -huh. kind of decorative. I was like, I always thought they were very pretty, but a lot of people don't know about that now, unless you maybe you work in an industrial setting or something like that around chemicals where you may need to do that as, you know, in case you get something in your eye, but they're very inexpensive. You can order these things. You can find them in some drugstores like CVS and Walgreens, you know, and you know, it's worth having on hand because if you do need to, for example, rinse your eye out, you get something in your eye, instead of squirting all that saline in your eye and wasting it, you put it in that little eye cup and you wash your eye that way. You've instead of spraying yeah. saline everywhere, you know, and wasting it, wasting money, wasting money, you know, so Right. Definitely. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of things, um, definitely the dental stuff, Sage, you brought that up. Yeah. Um, you know, people can prep, can store toothbrushes very easily. Go Dollar Tree. You can get multi-packs for, you know, like what, a buck 25. I mean, some things you're going to want to pay. Fancy. <laughs> no, they don't, you know, and the quality is fine because we have a, a, a pile of them. Cause I, I got some, I was like, are these crap? Are these going to fall apart while I'm brushing my teeth? No, they're fine. They're perfectly fine. You know, for a vehicle kit, uh, lopiramide is like paramount because if you're in a vehicle and there's some kind of like some kind of importance, if there's some kind of fire behind your ass, you know, um, you're not going to want to stop. So if you need Imodium AD or Pepto-Bismol or just any kind of lopiramide that, you know, anything to plug oh, you up okay, that's going to be the place that you're going to really it's going to be critical if you're driving somewhere in a vehicle because if you got to pull over every 15 20 minutes you got a problem you know yeah so i was about I to say fun. tell people what lopiramide is <laughs> it's an anti-diarrheal medication okay i never thought to stop uh, keep that yeah. in my vehicle actually it's not a terrible idea yeah. honestly Stuff. you know people think you know what sorry no no, no go ahead Oh, no, I was going to say a lot of times it kind of had a squirrel moment there. People ask, well, what do I keep all this stuff in? Do you carry it with you all the time? You can, for a long time, we used a tackle box as our first aid kit or to hold things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just options. If people don't have a medicine cabinet at home to put things in, get a small plastic tub. Also at Dollar Tree. I, I, I promote kind of things at Dollar Tree and expensive things to a certain extent. I don't think, um, mm -hmm. I don't believe in necessarily prepping straight from Dollar Tree because not everything is quality and there's some things you are going to want good quality on or better quality than what's offered at the dollar store. Yeah. But um, yeah. I think you can get the Holy Trinity there though, which is uh, <laughs> alcohol wipes, sting pads, and uh, the, uh, uh, the iodine uh, wipes, you know, Povidine, I think they call it, whatever it is. Yeah, we can get a bottle of iodine, a small bottle of iodine at Walmart. You can get them. I didn't even think what made, uh, you're talking about animals. One time you and I were talking, you said, oh, yeah, you've got a big gallon jug of iodine because of your animals. I was like, I didn't even think of farm stores. You know, not everything for animals is for humans, but a lot of it is. Right. So. And and something else that, which I ran into just recently, um, even stuff that is um, for allergies, right? I never had allergies mm -hmm. my entire life. I got sick. All of a sudden, I got allergies. So that's something that yeah. you can get later on 
in life that you didn't have that you didn't prep for. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's something that's actually, I don't know if you're talking about just seasonal allergies. I had food allergies and medicine and uh, medication allergies that developed in my twenties. So, um, right. And yeah. both non-seasonal. So yeah. Yeah. yeah it's seasonal can as well. Yeah. You never know what can, uh, what can develop. And if you think you have allergies now, wait till uh, everybody runs out of wood and they discover that tires burn really hot, you know, (laughs) that's a, yeah, yeah. there's nothing like when you, when when you walk right out and you're like, ah, lovely cobble. Oh yeah, there it is. There's the burning tires. That's right. I'm, I remember this place. They have people die every year because they burn tires in their homes to stay warm. And they just die, you know. <laughs> Sage, you're frozen. Can you hear me? Yeah. There you go. Uh, I'm going. Go ahead, Mel. Oh no, I was just going to say that those are the kinds of things like people think that could never potentially happen. Potentially happen here, but um, and you know, that's my hope that it doesn't. Um, mm-hmm. but um if you think ahead, then you can avoid a lot of those situations. And I think that's kind of why we want to help people learn how to start, you know, baby steps and stuff like it. I was telling you the other day, you know, the best time to start prepping was 10 years ago. So that it could be a slow, steady skills, knowledge, all of that stuff, maybe moving to the continuum of, of becoming self-sustaining. But the second best time is right now, you know, Mm -hmm. that's when we need to start taking things seriously and and doing the little bits that we can um, while understanding the big picture, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I think this is, um, did you have anything else you wanted to kind of go on this one? Actually, I pretty much covered all my my notes and I don't want to be too too long you know right and so i what i did want to kind of end up a little bit with is um a bug out is when a we are obviously a first world country right so it's a little bit different but as things gets more chaotic and chaotic it it it's not a friendly place right when people search for food and their whole life is searching for food like you said things can get a little out of hand and that's some of the stuff you've seen yeah, but we're already getting that here. If you look at what was it, New York City, where they don't prosecute anymore, so people just walk into, um, yeah, they just walk into the store and they just take what they want and they walk out. You know, um, what happens now? They're getting accustomed to that, right? So what happens when the supplies stop coming in, and now they're used to just walking in somewhere and taking something, and now they're looking at your house, you know, because you got that generator going, you're the you're the one guy on the block that still has lights on. Like, yeah, you, it's, it's almost like, you know, depending on where you are, you, you don't want to be alone. That's, that's the biggest thing you have to network. Um, man, I wish I could remember the guy's name. Uh, he was in the, I think the Kosovo conflict, he was a civilian and he talked about that year <clears throat> that they were, just absolutely down. And he was talking about things that had the most value. Like for example, lighters, he was like, I'd rather have, you know, 50 Bic lighters than one Zippo lighter with a can of fuel because I could trade the lighters and, and you know what I mean? Um, and like, 
you know, the stuff that he said, the families that didn't have a lot of people okay. or that they didn't band together, uh, they, they didn't make it, you know, like they ended up getting robbed or killed or whatever. And he was saying uh, there that you couldn't even walk down the street in the daytime without snipers shooting at you because they just shot at everybody. You know, I don't know if this, it would be like that here, you know, but I do think uh, with our first world, I don't want to use the word entitlement, but we're used to having our stuff. We, America is really hooked on stuff. And when I say stuff, I also mean hollow calories. I mean, uh, fancy flashy stuff. Imagine the dollar collapsing, which, um, if, if they shake Russia really, uh, could challenge the oil standard right now. You know, if I was, if I was him and I'm not a doctor and I'm not Nostradamus, but if I was him, I would fight us by trying to get with China to remove us off of the oil standard. That's, that's how I would fight us because we would just wither and die if that happened because we have nothing else to really base our money off of. Yeah. And, and this is my turn, my turn. Ooh, ooh my turn. Uh, yeah. So this is where in regards to the dollar, um, the dollar is the world currency, the world reserve currency. So everything is traded with the dollar. So if you want to buy oil, mm-hmm. you take yep. yuan, you transfer it to the U S dollar and then you buy oil. So, that world currency is being pushed right now. Even things that happen, you know, today, and I was going to do a story on that, but I'll do that later. But if the world currency, were, if we were to lose the status of world currency or the dollar goes, about 80% of the planet would be in chaos because it's not just our dollar. It's everybody's dollar. So that type of situation is the last thing. If that's happening, you're going to watch third worlds go down, second worlds go down, and it's not just us. That is the worst case scenario um, that you we would all see out there. So that's something that, although Russia wants to, to push that away, if it's a quick release, um, lots of other countries are falling because of that. Lots. Anybody that holds a U.S. dollar that says, well, I was going to buy oil in this, that money's now gone. It is, it is a world reckoning. You, it's, it's worse than that, you know, any type of nuclear bomb that could happen. So, although... It isn't it funny, though, how no matter what someone's background is, when, we, when you talk about this topic, everyone can find a seat at the table to find something to dig in on this thing with, you know? Um, right. And it, it is something that could put us into chaos. And I do talk about this all the time because I there are people that say, hey, you know, buy silver because if the world goes down tomorrow, you can trade with it. Well, no, you can't uh, it, because I don't you know, it's it's is it an investment tool? Yeah, absolutely. We hope that it's an investment tool, but it's only an investment tool in a civil society that acknowledges it. It's not exactly. one that's it, it, yeah. it, when, when if the world were to collapse and I've said this before guess what? The police aren't being paid. The courts aren't being paid. The correction officers aren't being paid. The fire departments aren't being paid. The military is not being paid. All these people are not being paid in silver. And when that happens, it doesn't matter how many silver coins you have to buy that chicken or whatever. You're not getting it for a silver coin. You know, somebody's not going to trade a, a chicken that lays an egg for a silver coin because society is lost. There's it, it. It's only valuable in a society that recognizes the value of that. Yeah. There is a however to that, though, which is eventually, eventually society is going to pull through. You know, it's it's really looking like the world right now is really determined to hit a major hiccup in the flow of things, you know, so it's it's coming. Right. And but 
at the, the second that it stops becoming a catastrophe or an emergency and it begins that reconstructive period, those guys that are sitting on boxes of silver, if they still have them, now you're talking, you know, because they can introduce a new currency. And, and you know, remember when they tried to start the Amero? Do you remember that? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, wouldn't this just be the perfect time for the quote unquote, I'm using my finger quotes here. Wouldn't it be the perfect time for them to repitch their Amero concept after the dollar collapses? And yeah, there's a big growing pains period and uh, let's call it a hunger winner, you know, or a dark winner, I think is what our, our very inspiring president said, you know, thanks dude. Thank, way to make us feel good about things. You know, like there's a dark winter coming and it's going to be terrible, but yeah. Um, and that's and this is another reason too is as I, I I wanted to do this show also is because that's something we all have to think about too is is that at that point with gold and silver gold and silver is what's well, always been currency but it's you know it's very difficult to move there are ships in the bottom of the ocean with still gold and silver on them because they had to try to transfer them it's not something that you can just digitally move we're moving into a digital technology you know. Uh, industry um so in regards to that like i said it is a good thing but if you're if you're prepping for go to the gas station right now and see how much uh, gas you can get for a silver coin right (laughs) you see what i'm saying so that's where we scale too. scale is another thing because if you have gold and uh you hit a reconstructive phase and people are accepting gold and silver but if you have an ounce of of gold but you really just want a tank of gas. Now you got a problem, you know? Right. And the other thing is, is that in, in regards to it's a leverage point, right? If you're selling your silver, that means you have nothing else left. Cause that's so, and now I know you got to get rid of that. You have this and you're looking for food and it's that leverage of, well, I'll give you half what it's worth. Right. Compared to that chicken, it's like, eh, <laughs> this thing lays eggs. You're out of luck. You know what I mean? I've got leverage here. So, it, it, although I, it is an investment, as long as society stays in in somewhat thing, you know, mm-hmm. you buy, you buy it now, it's worth let's say twenty dollars worth now. You hand it down to your kids and so on, it might be worth a hundred dollars. They invested nothing in it. You did the investing and gave them a hundred dollars. I'm just using one, you know, one coin. Right. You would have more. Um, that's fine. But what I do not want people to do is think that you're going to. Can, let me ask you guys, if I came to you. And and said, look, I'm starving. My family's starving, and I have these two bits of silver. Would you give me those six chickens? I don't know, making stuffing up. Are you making that trade, right? Are you making that, or yeah. are you saying, hey, well, I don't want your silver, but I need this firewood chopped, or I need this done, or I need that. Yeah. You, you know, I'm just, you know, or what else do you have? Right. That's where the bottle of booze comes in, you know? Correct. I don't want people thinking (laughs) that you can walk up to someone because if, like I've explained this, if your first answer is all I have is this silver, well, you don't do that because somebody might end up deciding if you're worth keeping around or not. And then, you know, feeding your bodies to the coyotes and then eating the coyotes. So it's one of those things that I I saw a lot of that. People are like, I'm fine. I've got this. If the world collapse, I can go down to the local farmer and trade this for half a cow. No, you can't. (laughs) No, we won't sell it to you. I promise you. Yeah. Yeah. Farmers are going to say, what am I going to do with that silver? The nature of the deal, and this is in the time of crisis, um, the value of something means nothing if what you're trying to do is trade who is starving, you know? 
the person will never relinquish the assets that prevent them from starving. And it doesn't matter how much gold or silver or anything that you offer them. Like if they have a chicken coop and they have 10 chickens, they'd be willing to part with some of them for a means to stop someone else from taking them. So a firearm would be a really good trade there, you know, because you're like, I'm going to give you the ability where you're going to give me some of your food production, but I'm giving you the means to guarantee that no one else is going to take these things from you, you know? And that's, that's really where the deals are made. But for most people, I think if you need manual labor done, I, I think booze is the way to go. When you, when you first asked lucky, you said, okay, if we were off the books, what would you prep? Well, one, you want to keep it legal because before there's any kind of serious collapse, they're going to be doing a lot of revenue generating. And that's, that means they're going to be kicking doors and they're going to be looking for contraband and whatnot, you know? And if you remember in the depression, they took everyone's extra tires and fuel and they took their gold and their silver. Correct. Do you remember that? Yes. And it wasn't legalized again until 1963. Okay. So like they went decades, a lifetime of, it was called hoarding to to have gold and silver, you know, right. um, and rubber. Like, so you have extra tires because, hey, it's going to be hard times. I'm going to prep tires. Then you get some revenue agent that shows up and calls you a criminal and steals it from you, right? Well, yeah, that's something to think about, too. But if you have illegal stuff that you're saving, because, man, there's a couple of legal things I could think of that would really be a jackpot as far as currency goes, you know. But uh, very ill-advised. But booze is legal. You can have as much of that stuff yeah. as you want. You know, that yeah. that's going to be your dollar in a time of, of austerity. And man, a bottle of booze goes a long way. I know this for a fact. I've used bottles of booze all over the world. You can get through any <laughs> checkpoint you want with a bottle of booze. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. That's what I hear. That's what I, in heard. I, got I read that somewhere. Notebook. I got, yeah, I got a whole notebook here for, for bug outs, just uh, times and stuff. No. Um, <laughs> But it's okay because I can put this on Spotify and I'm just going to let it go. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I think we got, I've kept everybody here and I do have to do, of course, a little editing. Thank you, Bug Out. Um, but it's one of those things that what I wanted to do was bring this together and, 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 and do shows like this where people can kind of put it out there realistically, realistically, um, mm -hmm. and, and talk about some of the stuff that you should do. And I think we've done a great job here. And and I, I think we, we end this one by like final thoughts with everybody. And um, let's let's start with uh, let's start with bug, bug out. Final thoughts here. Well, well, my final thoughts, really, to be honest, is I you kind of prepare for the worst, and and you seem like a crazy person to other people, you know, but. Uh, Anything that happens that isn't the worst off of what you prepared on is actually sort of like, oh, well, that wasn't that bad, you know, where if someone's not ready at all, anything, a hurricane, a, a blizzard, that's just a life changing event for them, you know, because they weren't ready at all. Right. Well, mm -hmm. The reality is the what's probably going to happen to us that's coming here is going to be somewhere in the middle of what the doom and gloomers say and what the people that aren't preparing at all are saying, ah, we'll be fine. It's going to be somewhere in between those markers, but we just don't know how far it's going to be, you know, but you eat every day, you poop every day, let's face it, you know, and you know, all these things you do every day, you're still going to do every day then. And that's the best place to start is your daily stuff, you know? Yeah. Right. And if you live in the city, you want to really make friends with someone who isn't in the city because there might be a time that you don't want to be there anymore, you know? 
good point. That's a good point. Well, now that we've st- we've started with the crazy person, sorry, I'm laughing too much. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I was actually going to say pretty much everything Bug Out just said, so I'm crazy yeah. too. Um, <laughs> we're all a little crazy here, right? Right. Uh, no, but uh, but no, I do agree with what Bug Out said. Yeah, all of that. And, you know, if, for someone who's just kind of thinking, hey, maybe I want to, maybe it's a good idea for me to store some food or have a little extra or whatever. It, it doesn't make you a crazy person. You know, there are, if anything is taught, you know, in the last two years, we've learned that maybe we're all a little bit crazy. People have been storing food and, you know, personal hygiene products and everything really for the last couple of years. Maybe they're just not talking about it or maybe they're just not telling you about it or they don't not calling it prepping because they don't want to be, you know, dubbed a doomsday person or doomsday prepper or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it's a smart thing to do. It's not difficult. Um I think it is anxiety inducing or it seems overwhelming because there is so much and we can, we could have gone down so many rabbit holes and expanded on absolutely everything that we've kind of touched on here. Um, you, you can prep as much or as little as you want. It just depends on, on what you want to do. And um, you can prep on pretty much any budget. There are people who are even who get uh, EBT snap food stamps, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And they're able to prep as well. There there's a way to do it. So, Absolutely. you know, Absolutely. And, and, don't, so don't let, you know, just because some people may be listening saying, I really don't have the money for it. You might be surprised. You might be surprised. You may only be able to pick up maybe one extra can of something or one package of something, you know, but it's still more than what you have. So also, the freeze dried through um, Amazon. Even uh, you can use the EBT and Snap stuff because I read that uh, yeah. when I was looking the stuff up that one time. Was that lucky? Was that you and I that were talking about that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, 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 there's actually a little clause in there that says this yeah. is EBT eligible or something like that. Yeah, they have a. There's a thing that's actually on items that are EBT eligible. If you order through Amazon or order online, it'll say on there uh, Snap or EBT eligible. It's like that's a little icon. Good. Yep, that's good to know. And and yep. just so everybody knows, this it, this is not hopefully not going to be our last show, but this is the starting show where everybody can now ask questions, throw it in the comments, um, where we, where we'll come back and answer these questions also. So let me continue on the crazy train and do our <laughs> thanks, to Sage. One. <laughs> and you're, uh, you're driving this train, man. So yeah, exactly. And we're going to go to the co-host here. Uh, she's you know she's, she's co-hosting here, so I'm not the only one driving. What and what's your final thoughts there? Well, I, I mean, I kind of, uh, you know, agree on the crazy train thing. So, like, honestly, depend. the reason that I wanted everybody to kind of explain how they got into this um, at the very beginning, which, Bushido, you missed out on, sorry. But um, everybody has different reasons for doing this. Everybody um, has different means available to them. Everybody has different ideas about how to do all of these various things. Um, and what I like about this is we covered some basics mm-hmm. um, and in, it's not necessarily rabbit holes, but diving deeper into each subject. Like we never even covered mm-hmm. storage. We never even covered mm-hmm. and it can get overwhelming, but at least we have a starting point where we can push off from there. And, you know, for anybody looking around and, and freaking out, maybe um, seeing gas prices rise so drastically and they're paycheck isn't going as far anymore and it's easy to panic all you have to do is take a deep breath and then realize okay I'm going to make 
things easier for myself in the future if I put in a little bit of effort now. I don't have to freak out, but if I can put forth an effort now, then my life's going to be easier. It's kind of like when you budget and you set aside money for the next month um, or for, for those purchases that come up once a year. Everybody acts like they're a huge surprise. And then when it happens, you're like, oh, crap, I don't have any extra money this month. But if you were to set aside money every month towards that, then it wouldn't be a surprise. It's the same kind of thing. It actually lowers your stress level if you can um, look ahead because later on you won't be stressing out because you will have had some forethought. Um, It's an insurance. That's very good because that's one of the you know, the key factors we all, I, st- I started this was the stress level was rising and people didn't know what to go. And that being said, as the 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 last on the road to crazy, uh, I'm just learning how to be. <laughs> um, I want we'll to get you there. Exactly. I, I think I'm on the right crew to get me there. Um, I want to thank you guys all for coming on. And this isn't something that I'm, we're going to continue to do and and have a section on you know my channel Sage News and my other. Uh, means of being able to watch this if you want to download the podcast and listen to the whole thing uncut where you can hear all of uh, uh yeah sorry my bad, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'll put it on spotify and my vimo and stuff uh but and then youtube will back and edit it so i'm gonna end this one here um and as i always say stay safe sage out all right. So if you like what you heard here and you want to make sure you can stay up to date, make sure you check out sagenewslive.com. That's my website. It's also going to be where you're going to find where I'm also at. Uh, podcast, Spotify, a- Apple, um, Twitch, Vimeo, all these other places, not just on YouTube. So if you're looking to listen to me on podcast or anything else, you can go ahead and hit up the website. Also, upcoming streams, things I'm going to be having. And if you're looking for factoring for under 2% with one of the best factoring companies out there, definitely check me out on my website. Go ahead and shoot me a text or email me about the information. I'll reach out and get you hooked up like a tow truck. As always, stay safe. Stay out.